Just before we get started, the Second Act Podcast would like to acknowledge that we are recording this podcast on Treaty 7 land inhabited by the Blackfoot Nations. This includes the Siksika, Pikani, and Kainai. We would also like to acknowledge the Sutsina and Stony Nakoda First Nations, as well as the Métis Nations and all people who make their home on Treaty 7 land in southern Alberta. But now that we've paid respects to people that were here before us, let's start the pod. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Second Act Podcast. And today's episode is a heartwarming one. Heartwarming, indeed. The uh, Valour is a pop artist out of Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, who's kind of, you know, throwing all caution to the wind coming out of COVID, and she's really doubling down on her uh, her talent and her abilities. Uh, we reached out, and, and she found some time in between a bunch of different award ceremonies to sit down with us, and she really couldn't have been more accommodating or gracious. Yeah, and it's just a really cool podcast. You listen to her talk about how she always knew that she wanted to do something in front of people on a stage, but never really knew what that something was until she found her pop alternative music, and it just blew up. She reached out to one of the biggest producers in Canadian music, and he actually got back to her, and they started talking, and yeah, she it kind of went all, went all uphill from there. The rest is history, as they say. Yeah, Ryan Stewart, um, who's worked with all the Canadian pop music heavyweights over the last 10 or 15 years in Canada, took her on um, kind of, you know, sight unseen after listening to a little bit of her music. And and she's really taken advantage of that relationship and she's getting herself out there. So it's a great, great pod. It talks about how, you know, the world in, in is smaller today and we can get ourselves out there if we just take the time to go out and put out a good product, which I think anyone who listens to her music can agree that she does. So without any further ado, let's kick it over to Velour. Hi, thank you so much for having me on the show. Well, it's truly our pleasure. And I do want to say that um, you've been very, uh, very patient with my persistence to to bug you because, uh, you know, with all the things that go on in an artist's life, um, appearing on my little podcast sometimes gets pushed to the wayside. But I really do appreciate you taking some time because... Um, from what we've seen so far, and I guess where we can project that you're going to be headed, uh, we we want to make sure we get you while you'll still answer our calls. Oh, geez, that always I'll always answer your call. <laughs> oh, thank you. No, I'm really glad. It, and like that's just like life too. Hey, I mean, like there are friends that I haven't seen in so long that just life just gets in the way, and it's so hard to like see people. So I'm glad that this ended up working out, and that you still wanted to have me on the show. <laughs> Well, it's it's interesting as a, as we come out of our uh, our COVID um, period, I guess as a society, uh, sometimes it's just that that space and that not seeing people is what we've become accustomed to. And I'm finding that um, the the vehicle of this podcast and and we're like episode seventy five or something, so we've been doing it for a little while. It kind of forces us to continue to reach out and and make sure that those those connections are being made, and and that's part of the fun for us is to reach out to mm-hmm. people that don't know us and say, Hey, do you want to have a chat? So really, really excited to, to get into the weeds about mm-hmm. what it's like to be a, and I want to get this right. Alt pop electro synth pop artist from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. <laughs> That's awesome. Nice. Yeah. 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 Um, what's it like? It's pretty cool. It's like, um, I, I mean, I've always loved performing and always wanted to be, a performer um so i think it was just kind of my whole uh growing up was just figuring out 
what to do first because <laughs> I've loved I've loved singing I've loved acting I've loved musical theater I did dance for a long time too and so it's just it's always just kind of figuring out which one you want to do first and like commit to um so I I'm having a great time <laughs> and uh, and getting to meet new people and music has been the most rewarding experience so far and it's only just getting better and better <laughs> well and it's getting better and better as the world becomes a little more open like your timing uh was impeccable things were just getting <laughs> rolling for you when the world shut down yeah it was interesting i like um i went to vancouver to work with my producer and record um a few new songs in february of 2020 and i was like all right and then working on and then like i was like totally fine we like worked on finishing up the singles um and the songs while i was here in saskatoon and he was in vancouver and we were going to do that anyways um and then in march everything shut down and uh i i gotta tell you actually it was kind of crazy i i i feel like i benefited um from it because i was like so ready to just have this be my career and i wasn't gonna let anything stop me and so I didn't have the I, I didn't have any history of doing music. And so I, I I had no worry of like, oh, what am I supposed to do now? Like if I can't do shows, if I can't do this, I that never even crossed my mind because I'm I I'm I'm still super green and I just like didn't understand what was a hindrance and what was an advantage because I didn't know anything. <laughs> So I was like, okay, I'll just release music and keep recording music in I'll just record music in my bedroom and send it to my actually my mom's bedroom and send it to my producer and uh, just haven't looked back. So yeah, it's it's been a pretty cool experience actually with everything kind of going quote unquote back to normal. Everyone else who was in the music scene before me, like and and then as well before COVID. They're all super, um, they're like, they're kind of like back to the way they, they, they were with like live shows and stuff. And this is actually the thing that I've had to grow accustomed to and get used to because I'm not used to performing. <laughs> like I, I'm used to performing live in front of people. I love performing live in front of people. I've done it all my life, but um, in a scene and as a part of like, and like being a musician doing that, um, it was something to get used to when it when it happened. It was really it's been such a cool experience. Well, and and you talk about, you know, working with your producer back and forth, but I mean, your your producer has worked with some of the biggest names in music, in Canadian yeah. music for sure. Absolutely. And and that's um, you know, you're at, at any point in this, you're always kind of wanting to make sure you're doing things the right way and stuff like that. But at this point, you have this person who's got like I'm looking Biff Naked, Simple Plan, Headley, Carly mm -hmm. Rae Jepsen, like like some some names and, and even people who've done things in a similar vein to what you're doing. So this this person, Ryan Stewart, is obviously, you know, very talented. And oh yeah. And like how is there a playbook for how you you work <laughs> with somebody like that? Or do you just kind of <laughs> you know think that they understand this business and they're going to give you if you're going to jump on a landmine they'll they'll stop you or how does that work well i mean like first of all like i am just forever grateful that he took me on because like um 
how it even happened was I was like, okay, I'm going to do music. I was living in Vancouver at the time. I was focusing on acting. Um, but then I started writing music again. And I was like, all right, I need to find a producer. And I looked up producers in Vancouver, saw Ryan Stewart. I was like, as one does, right? As like, one oh. does. And I was like, damn. I was like, look, Biff Naked, Smashmouth, Carly Jepsen, let's do it. That's awesome. And I emailed him. I just used the website email and I contacted him. And I didn't even have, I didn't even send him original music. I was like, here are covers I've been doing on YouTube that get like 80 views. And here you are. Um, I'd love to work with you. And he was like, I don't normally work with people who aren't with a label, but I love your vibe and I'd love to work with you. And the rest is history. And we've been working together ever since. So it it kind of started off as just a, a shot in the dark. And I, I kind of treat everything like that. I kind of just go, go, go. I don't really think about um, any of that stuff. I, I'm just like, all right, like I, I'd love to work with you. If you don't want to work with me, that's totally chill, but uh, I'd love to. And working with him has been nothing but an amazing experience. And he's like, I love him so much. And we have such a, we have such a bond now because he's been with me since he was the first person to ever take me on in the industry, like at all with anything, um, let alone your music, which is the thing you covet the most. Like he, he took my music on um, to be able to present it to the world. So yeah, I, I've been, I'm nothing but grateful for, for, for Ryan. And he is, he is so talented and even like, um, started co-writing with him on my recent songs, like Miss You the Most that just came out. And uh, working on that track was really fun co-writing with him because he's so, he's able to kind of rein me in a little bit. Um, he's like, hey, this is a lot, this is really wordy. Like you need to like, <laughs> you need to pull it back a bit. And I'm like, okay. And then I took out one word. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, we'll compromise. But, but yeah, so yeah, I kind of, yeah, I, I trust him. I ask him questions. Like I'll ask him opinions because he's been in this industry for so long. Uh, and I'll just like ask him his for advice if I if I need it and stuff. And I'm like, well, what do you think about this? And like he'll he'll let me know and everything. Like, no, he's he's the best. Well, and it's interesting because you know, we are the second act podcast, but mm -hmm. but really, I mean and this has happened. I've had um, Jeff Stryker uh, on nice. um, and, awesome. uh, Newman Manis, who, who mm -hmm. was in uh, Head of the Herd and, and is with the Matchstick Skeletons. Amy Bishop's a, a lady out of Calgary here who who's and their stories are all, you know, if they're not exactly second acty in that first I was this and now I'm this. There's always like some version of that in a musician's life, and you're you're talking about being going and trying acting and those artistic endeavors, and and then this kind of you know being the path for you. When you're artistic like that, and you have that that flow with through you, how do you decide? Like, how was it music that was the one that that kind of won out over all these other different things that you talk about? I love that question a lot. Um, I, I feel like it's like in life, um, I, I, I kind of view everything as like, I'm just gonna put an effort in everything I do um, that I'm passionate about, that I love. And then whatever kind of moves forward and flows, I'll just kind of ride that wave, you know? 
Um, so, I mean, acting like was super fun. I did a little guest part on a TBS show called The Detour um, when I was out there and I, and I met like such an amazing um, mentor that I still admire so much, Al Miro, who's an amazing actor. And like, I wanted, to, I still want to do acting and, and musical theater and do like, my dream hat has always been like Broadway. That's like the dream musical theater. Um, but I think like, and but I have always loved writing as well. I write short stories. So it's like, I think kind of, yeah. So like creative, using the creative outlet wherever I can and putting passion behind every single version of that. Uh, and then seeing which everyone takes off the most and music, like my own music just did <laughs> and has taken off the the most seamlessly i mean with a lot of work still but i guess riding that wave more like it yeah well and i think there's like you know you have to be aware enough to understand what the universe is giving you back because when you're putting that creative energy out it's like people can tell very quickly if it's if you're committed and if it's all you have towards something like that so so you do and mm -hmm. if the if the universe isn't giving you that that back at some point you're going to be like the juice isn't worth the squeeze and I'm going to move on to the next thing and that's yeah. I mean that's the story of so many people who started off on a dream and it's just I find it's um you know you're you're so talented obviously oh, with thank anyone, you. <laughs> anyone who you know I, I started listening to your music and then you know when we were back and forth about you possibly um appearing on the pod I, I did some deep dives and, you know, like I can hear like uh, whatever that means is mm. like, that's like Dolores O'Riordan. That's the cranberries without wow. like, the, the, the music. Like it's a different wow. music, but the beginning of that song could be like, that's Dolores O'Riordan to me. Right. I don't, just a guy. Dude, Dolores O'Riordan, the cranberries are like, Oh my God. One of my biggest inspirations. So you saying that, wow, that just like made my life. <laughs> Well, but and, wow and you're welcome but and then at the same time your sweater i believe is it your sweater is that the name of the song I, I, yeah I oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was like a, that had like a little bit of a tori amos vibe to it and oh my god i love tori amos oh my so god. <laughs> it's like to me it's like there's those are i mean other than the fact that they're women and that kind of no but they're you know yeah. alternative kind of thing they're very different wow. and you're yeah you're putting those that kind of energy into those two different avenues and you're finding success so i mean obviously this is something that um you know is near and dear to you because you're putting mm -hmm. that much work in and you're 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 doing that and finding those ways for your voice and your your passion to to be successful is that something that you sit down and you go like, okay, cranberries, you know, salvation, zombie, let's find something in that vein. Or are you just like, no, this is flowing through me and this is what's coming out of me. And it just, and it just yeah, it's the latter. It's just, it just flows out of me. And I mean, like I'm, I'm, I've become, I think mostly because people ask me what my inspirations are, I've become more aware of what they are, but, um, but then I'll forget to say Tori Amos and then you'll bring her up and I'm like yeah like I grew up listening to her uh, I like precious things like I love uh, Mr. Zebra like that's one of my favorite songs and like but then but yeah it's never something I'm like conscious of going going into a song going okay I want it to sound like this it's never my intention um it's just a happy coincidence honestly <laughs> and so I'm, and I my favorite thing is like what just happened now is people telling me what my songs remind them of and it's always different too 
and uh yeah it's the coolest thing and like for me it's like but i guess like i guess a couple of times i i might go in with a little bit of an inspiration but the sound of it will be a bit different like for my song good boy I was listening to Fiona Apple's Criminal over again and over again, obsessively. And I was, and I loved the concept, the idea behind knowing that you're treating someone wrong, um, but you kind of do it anyway. And I kind of went with that. Um, and, and like same with Missy the most, I really liked the idea of um, Complicated by Avril Lavigne and like the idea of like talking about a, a, like a friendship and a bit of a falling out and stuff. So I guess like, actually, I, I guess it's both. I guess it's, I, I guess it's actually both. Wow. Wow. Look at me having a revelation on this podcast. I'm like, yeah, it is both. I, I guess it just depends on this, on the song. Cause like sometimes I'll just be in the shower coming and I'll come up with a song and I'm like, I don't know what that sounds like at all. <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> well, and you just mentioned Avril Lavigne and that was a question that I wanted to ask about your, um, your your inspirations or your influences and and is there a canadian or a number of canadian people that you look back on i mean we have so many, so many. of these of these you know right from like joni mitchell through ann murray to avril lavigne to you know sarah and tegan and all these people and then they don't even have to be women they can be men too but it's just what who are the people uh close to home and homegrown that are you know pointing you in the in the direction that you're headed Oh, you named a few for sure. I definitely like, well, like Alanis Morissette is a huge one, obviously. I've been compared to her and that's like made my life as well. Like, like I performed at Chesterfest and um, the writer for North Sass Music Scene, when I did an interview, he was like, gave me an Alanis Morissette vibe on stage. And I was like, that is like the coolest thing I could ever hear. <laughs> what are you talking about? But yeah, her, her Avril Lavigne for sure um yeah like tegan and sarah like and they're mostly women like biff naked is a huge one like my favorite one of my favorite like fusions of two things i love is the episode it's the <laughs> it's the if anyone knows me they know i'm obsessed with buffy the vampire slayer and um it's my favorite show of all time and in episode four no in season four episode three called the harsh light of day um biff naked's in that episode and she performs at a at a dorm party she plays just a moment of weakness and lucky and that has always been one of my favorite just fusions of of art um and like also like 90s 2000s <laughs> vibe yeah. so yeah biff naked's a big one as well i i completely absolutely adore her she's such a badass um so yeah those are some of my inspirations and of course avril, avril lavigne i mean she shaped People around my age, she shaped our childhoods, for yeah. sure. Um, she, her, her song on the uh, Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland soundtrack is like so good <laughs> and underrated in my opinion. <laughs> and I played that on repeat when I was little. It's funny because one of the people that I've, um, I've reached out to a, a number of times and got no response to, uh, or no response from, pardon me, for for the podcast is Tara Sloan because of all the mm. different things she's done. I mean, she was enjoy drop and then she was uh you know she's been on tv a number of things and then she goes to hometown hockey with ron mcclain and like her oh, career is so varied and she's kind of a canadian icon absolutely and it's surprising to me how many people don't remember her from joy drop because that's where i discovered her in whatever the late 90s on much music and and taught that she was the one with the 
you know, the wee little Tommy Lee in her video and everyone's like, <laughs> what? And you go look it up and it's like, that's the hometown hockey lady, right? So it's right, just yeah. amazing how, you know, I never even thought of Alanis Morissette. There's just so many people that yeah, you can exactly. look back on and say, wow, that's crazy. The impact they had. Absolutely. Well, like, yeah, like the same with like Joni Mitchell. I think a lot of people forget she's from here, except for people who are from here. But yeah, <laughs> uh, and I mean, I, I mean, she left too. But like, I she's a huge inspiration of mine. Um, and actually, I, it was a cool moment when I realized she and I do a similar thing, where like I read somewhere that she, a lot of the time when she'll write music, she'll kind of just do vowels with the melody first, and then she'll shape words to fit the vowels. And I was like, oh my god, I do that too. And that was such a cool moment when you realize that like someone you look up to as an artist you do something similar um that was a really cool mo moment but yeah so you're you're finding we've talked about you know the the career that you're putting in and you're finding some success i mean the mm -hmm. list of the saskatchewan music awards the western canadian music awards best music video best pop artist songbird north songwriters canada like there's people um and not just in your community all over recognizing what you're doing that has to i mean that's why you do it obviously but it has to be a little bit um strange still at this point in your career when these people are like hey we love what you're doing we want to talk to you about it we want to call you in we want to put you on our show um how do you deal with that how how does that go for you man uh it's crazy yeah i don't know i think i'm just grateful for people caring. <laughs> I right. think it's like with anything, like I'm just like making art and it's kind of, sometimes it feels like you're just like yelling into a void. Um, and so like, it's, it's the most insane thing to have these opportunities and these like, and these little nods to your hard work. I'm forever grateful for them. Like, and, and the music scene in general has been so gracious to me and so kind. Um, and I think like, I think, what I've learned is that the music scene really does recognize hard work. And like, that's why I admire so many people in, in, who, who make music because there's so much behind the curtain. Um, so much hard work. Uh, but yeah, it's still crazy. It, it really is. It's like still crazy for me to fathom <laughs> being like multi-nominated and stuff. Like that's so weird. <laughs> and like, and like when I went to the songwriters association of Canada event in Toronto, I was next to these three other amazing songwriters and one of them was around my age and then the other two were more veterans and uh, of the music scene and and industry and writing and it was crazy because i was like people like are here at, in this room to watch us talk about our music and perform and i think like it was one of those out of body experiences where you're like wow this is like this is important to people and like like this music that we're making matters. And like, I've had a couple really beautiful moments. Um, one of which was actually the first, pretty much the first and no, it was the second time, but it was the last time before COVID hit. It was like the beginning of um, 2020. Uh, and I performed for International Women's Day of Canada in Yorkton. Um, and I was so green and the songs I was performing most of them except for one weren't even out yet and one of them was whatever that means which wasn't going to be released for like another like year and a half and but and I performed for them and this woman came up afterwards and and said a really beautiful personal story 
about how she hoped like someone in her family would hear this music. She said, um, she's a wonderful older woman. And she said that her, her daughter is in an abusive marriage and that she hopes that if her daughter could hear my music, it would help her get her, get her out of it. And we both cried <laughs> and hugged. And like, I think that's why art is so important. And I think it, that was another out of body experience. And I'll never forget that moment. It's been like three, like two, almost three years. And I'll never forget that because you, you, you think back on why you make music or why you create art. And that is a big reason why. Um, so honestly, like it's, it's moments like that, as well as the wonderful, like nominations, all of it matters because it kind of just shows like, okay, yeah, like, like there's a reason for why I'm, why I'm doing this. Um, and not just selfish reasons, like the reasons that I, just because I like writing songs and like releasing them. Um, but there's like a purpose to everything. Well, and, and I think that's, and I hate to use the word validated because it feels like that means somebody else has to approve of something for what you're doing to have merit, but mm -hmm. it's got to be validating that when you open yourself up and, and create this art that you've given somebody you've never met the license to come up and tell you something so personal that it has to be like, okay, that was worth it. Absolutely. Oh, that's exactly it. Yeah. Like it definitely, I think the thing, I think the point is, and I recently saw a little clip of Prince in an interview saying that like, I mean, it's validated once you make it, like it's, it's yours, but also when you put it out into the world, it's not, it's no longer yours. It's, it's, it's everybody's, including yours, I think. And that's why, yeah, it really is a validating experience and just a, a, a gracious thing to do. Like she didn't have to, to tell me that. I think it, there was very much kindness paid and kindness. And, and I think it's, an, I think it's an exchange of being personal too, and like exposing yourself and being vulnerable because you write something, you evoke it in song to a group full of, yeah, like mostly strangers and to get something that vulnerability back means that you're doing something right and creating a world I, I like I think all artists are just and all people I think the best thing we can do is try to create a world where we feel like we can be vulnerable with each other um so yeah it, it, it is validating for sure and you, you said something that was interesting at the beginning of all that that I just like to circle back on because yeah. it, it is different than kind of how it's been described to me from some of the other artists that I've talked to, you talked about screaming into a void. Mm. <laughs> and that sounds like it might make sense, but but the other side of it is it's so crowded and there's so many people trying to scream into that same void mm -hmm. that that maybe your voice or your message is getting drowned out. So so it's kind of like it's both ways a little bit. It's you, you're lined up there trying to fit your voice into that void <laughs> with all these other people. Yeah. And, and when you have some of those moments like that connection that you had with that lady, um, it, it maybe it feels like you're just like a millimeter closer to the void than the next person. And you're just, you know what I mean? You're just edging your way. I, I don't know, but it has to feel like, well, you have, I, have an yeah. advantage or something. Yeah. Like if we'll, we can use like the crowd analogy for sure. Cause it definitely does feel like that. It's, I think, especially with social media and everything, I mean, which is amazing. Like it's it, in a way really great that everyone has a voice and we can all share what we love to do, but it, it feels very much like a crowded room. And I, and I hate crowds. 
uh, in general. Um, they make me anxious, <laughs> um, and um, <laughs> they make me anxious. So um, it's a metaphorical crowd. Um, and but it, when things like that happen, yeah, it's kind of like everyone else. It's like when everyone's talking around you and you're trying to talk, but then the room kind of goes quiet, like in a movie. Um, like that's not in a romantic way, but in the scene Pride and Prejudice where they're dancing and everyone's in the room and then they cut and it's just those two dancing and it's just them in the room. So not in a romantic way with this woman, but uh, in in the way of just like, it's just two people being vulnerable with, with each other and like that crowd isn't there anymore. Yeah, it's, 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 those moments are really what kind of keep me going for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, you wouldn't have to have you wouldn't have to have a thousand of those to make you want to write the next song and try again, right? No, it'd be nice, but <laughs> well, yeah, obviously, right? Yeah. But but no, not at all. I think that's the thing. I think like even just getting a message from somebody or someone liking my post, it's just like it. it, it I mean, we all crave validation, and all crave love from people, um, but I think. Yeah, it, it definitely is a beautiful thing when you put yourself out there so raw and and people kind of go, hey, I appreciated that you did that. I appreciate that you I appreciated that. And I and I I felt that, too, because I think like empathy is a big part of art as well. You want to create empathy with people and, and be like and like be like, I understand what you're going through. Um, and hopefully like what I'm going through can relate to you in some way. And so when you're doing doing that and putting yourself out there like that, you obviously have to um, you have to feel comfortable, right? There, there mm. has to be a certain level of comfort in your life. Can you go through maybe a little bit about some of the supports you have from from the people around you to put yourself out there to the world like that and, and still feel like that if if all this ends tomorrow, there's a safety net underneath you? Oh, well. If once again, if people people who know me know what I'm about to say, um, my mom is just the biggest support ever and the most wonderful person. It's always been the two of us um, against the world, and she's just the best ever, most supportive person. The reason I'm here, literally, and also metaphorically, and also figuratively, but she she is the reason I I still keep going, and she pushes me and she supports me. So I'm very grateful for her. And then I have um, some really great family members and, and friends as well. Um, but at the end of the day, and like people in the industry who really support me and really and really care about what I do. Um, but at the end of the day, it's it's my mom. For sure. Yeah. Well, and I think everybody has has to have that person. And, it, you know, for some people, it's not apparent. But it doesn't have to I, be. No, no. But but to be able to go on a ride like this um, with somebody like that. I think it's it's you're you're really fortunate, and it's oh, fun yeah. to be able to sit back and some nights and just be like, "Can you believe?" And and you know, it's like, "Wow, this is this is really what we're doing, right?" Oh, definitely, it's awesome. Yeah, and just like sit back, watch a show, and be like, "Damn, can you believe this is like going on?" Yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah, like when I like I was recently played on C ninety five for the first time, which was a really cool experience, and I was like crying and I turn over to her and she's crying too and it's like yeah like it's sharing those moments because she's seen it all I think that's the, I think that's the thing it's cool having a person with you who's seen it all mm -hmm. um, and seen you go through everything 
that you've gone through and they've gone through it with you. Um, and it kind of, it's kind of like looking into a, a mirror a little bit and, and being like, oh, wow. So we like, yeah, there has, I have come far for where I, where I've been and stuff like that. And I have grown and there things, good things are covering and everything. And like, um, and yeah, kind of, I think it helps you be like, I'm, it just, I don't know. It, it, it's the coolest, coolest thing getting to also live with the person that is your biggest supporter too. And anyone from Saskatchewan um, will know the the importance of of this milestone in, in your performing career. And Jeff uh, Jeff Stryker talked about it. Um, you played Tell a Miracle. Oh yeah, I've done that twice. I'm so that has that has to be like a really cool kind of bucket list thing, especially for somebody who grew up performing and wanting to perform. Absolutely. Like I've been performing since before I performed on the stage. I was right. making up I was making up shows and stuff in grocery stores and bookstores. So I've always loved performing. And so getting to do telemere, like that is like that, like that's a bucket list I've gotten to check off twice. I'm so grateful for it. And like um once again didn't realize what was like I didn't like know what was different about performing. Um, during like COVID years where like there were precautions and stuff like that. And it was like pre-recorded and stuff. I was like, I was like, this is how it is. Perfect. And like <laughs> everyone's so wonderful there. I loved both times. I've, I've loved getting to perform Telemiracle because everyone who works on that, you, you can tell just has so much passion and, and cares so much about it. Um, and I was just, I'm just so grateful that I've gotten to do it twice, little and once, like, like is uh, once little and quite twice. Sorry. And um, it's just like crazy. Yeah, like it's like crazy. Sometimes that's another thing I'll have to like sit back and be like, I've like got the chance to do this. Like I got the chance, like I was chosen to perform. It's crazy. No, I'm very, very, very grateful. Well, it's it's such an institution in Saskatchewan that I, I you know, when Jeff talked about it, I, I was like immediately, I had to, to, <laughs> had to ask you about your experience and I, I assumed you would, tell me how great it was but it's always yeah. interesting to to talk about it because um it's like yeah, it's like bunny hugs vico and tell a miracle man that's how you can tell people are from saskatchewan that's true that's true it's like it's very much just like something you want to check off your list and and get the chance to do um and it, like and like like i said it's just like the warmest environment too so it's not even like oh yeah i got to do it but the experience was crap it's like this really awesome cool half day yeah yeah and the one of the things that i wanted to bring up i, I want to be cognizant of your time and and oh no worries and, but uh you're you were doing some stuff on on your instagram over the weekend and you brought up a, a bunch of taylor swift songs <laughs> and you brought up so i have a 12 year old daughter so i'm, nice. I'm reasonably versed in taylor swift but she's yeah. not not the biggest T Swift fan, but she, you were you you had champagne problems on there, and that is so not the song that people go to when they're bringing up Taylor Swift. Um, oh, you, well, Swift. <laughs> in in my experience, this is right, you know yeah. everything's subjective. Um, <laughs> but but I thought like that's really cool that you're looking at some of her more recent work and some of maybe not the 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 A list or first you know single mm -hmm. you're looking at some of this other stuff when you go through like somebody like taylor swift's you know music and you're looking at that as an artist now that you're kind of i mean you're not on her 
sales level, but I mean, you guys are both artists. Your your tax returns both say artists, music. Like, do you do you look at people's music differently and say, I see what she was trying to do there, and it might not be your most commercially successful thing, but you're like, I've had ideas, you know, like that that I I couldn't flesh out, and they did it. Or or how did how does when you when you notice some of these other maybe less successful songs from other artists, what goes into identifying why you like those? Damn, well, first of all, um, you should be careful with my ego saying that I'm just like Taylor Swift. Um, that is dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> you should be careful doing that. Um, <laughs> oh man, I love her so much. I, that's such an interesting question. I love that. Um, honestly, I, I love looking at artists' disc discography and I think honest, yeah, it's actually like after like releasing my own music and, and going back to writing my own music after like a hiatus when I was acting and everything, um, diving into uh, artists' songs that yeah, aren't as like commercially successful and stuff like that is very, very interesting because I feel like the quality doesn't waver. It just depends on, it's kind of like, things are like a perfect storm but yeah i love i kind of i love looking at b-sides and stuff like that and i love the idea like i i feel like the like the lesser known songs have some have kind of a different feel to them i think because they aren't as commercial um but also i just love taylor swift's discography <laughs> so i just listen to her all the time um so you're like champagne problems isn't one of her big ones and i'm like it's not like my brain i'm like really but that's just because uh, just because she is one of my top artists but the, i'm the same with like so many so many artists where i'm just like oh i didn't know that like wasn't one of their big songs like cindy lothar for example like i i know like most of her songs seven deadly sins is one of my favorite albums i listened to all the time when i was a kid and I like actually made up a, a, a story, like it went along with every song in order and like, made up a musical in my head about it. And so like, but when people were like, oh yeah, like this song, like, wow, this is like a really underrated song of hers, or I don't know this one. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> you should. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you should, it's great. <laughs> and it's the same with me, actually, when people say they love Good Boy, um, I get really surprised. I'm like, oh, really? lovely like like it's and it, i guess so it is kind of cool actually being like any other artist and having underrated songs and it's like oh you oh i, I didn't know that people like that <laughs> well and and i'm so if i did maybe err on the side of caution to to compare you to taylor swift before <laughs> i'm gonna ask you a question now how how do you manage your mental health when when you go online and you read something about, you know, you're putting yourself out there and these people don't know you, but they make comments and, mm. and they might comment about your appearance or how you sounded at a particular show. Maybe you were tired and you just flew and you, you know, how do you manage your mental health with all of that that goes into, you know, the good things, the telemiracles and the working with Ryan Stewart's, there's all this other side too. I think that's the thing is like, you, you really have to, think about the good stuff. Um, I, it's like with anything, even if there's a bunch of positive positives, one negative can ruin your whole day. Uh, but I think it's like having a good support system and also remembering that that doesn't define you. The good things and the bad things don't define you. Um, you define you. You, you, everyone is such a complicated and fleshed out creation that, um, I think like the way that I, I, I don't 
cry <laughs> every time. Uh, well, also, I'm the hardest. I'm my harshest critic too. I'm like more hard on me, more harsh on me myself than than anyone else is. Um, so I actually have to check myself more than than anything. Um, but I think having a great support system, and then also just remembering that we're all works in progress, and that and that there are so many good things that have happened. Um, I think that's that's what, what keeps me going and helps uh, me not, like I said, um, crumble uh, on the floor <laughs> every second of the day. <laughs> and the, one of the questions that I wanted to ask was how you settled on on your name, because hmm. um, for somebody of of my age, early forties, mid forties, I guess now, um, velour is very much like a, a suit that you know people. <laughs> and it has a connotation to it it's you know shiny and, and soft and 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 it's obvious that that's not what I don't, I don't think you were talking about late 70s gentleman uh leisure wear when you decided to name yourself that so what went into that decision well wow, that's exactly what i what i thought dang the, my brand I, I stand yeah. corrected <laughs> no i um so velour is french for velvet and i'm bilingual um and my mom helped me come up with the name because people had told me before that i have a velvety voice which is like such a cool adjective to use um that i had never heard before um and so came up with the name velour because of that i was like okay well what's french for i don't want to be velvet like i want to come across velvet but i like the idea and i was like okay well what's the french name for velour i mean for velvet and it's velour um uh, with an s um, so people say velours and that's super chill too. Um, I'm fine either way, but, uh, yeah, so that's how I came up with it. And I liked the idea of having kind of a, um, an artistic name for mm -hmm. what I create musically. Well, and, and if, if you had gone with velvet, I probably never asked you that question, but exactly. it's, velour, it's, a, it's like, a, <laughs> it's a starting point, right? That's true. I will tell you that, like, I there has not been an interview I've had where someone hasn't asked me what oh. that means. And like in the best way, I feel like it's a great conversation starter. I think it's well, great. Yeah, I never get tired of, I, and I never get tired of answering. It's fun. <laughs> so the last question I like to kind of wrap up the all all the podcasts with is: now that you're kind of on this path and you're achieved some success and there's more in your in your future you know good lord be willing <laughs> um what what does success look like to you what does it mean to you and does it look anything like you ever thought success could be when you started um i think i'm still striving for it really i feel like it's kind of a never-ending um goal um and yeah, so I, I feel like success is like it. Um, I think the the wise way of putting it would be success is internal, success is inward, but outward success as well as just like being able to do this as my career for the rest of my life and not having to worry about doing anything else is uh, outward success to me. Um, and I think yeah, I'm just constantly striving, striving for it, and it'll just be like the next. 10 years i'm like my favorite like my i'm striving for the next 10 years and then after that it'll be the next 10 years and everything um so success is just an ongoing thing uh and i don't think i'll ever fully achieve it but as long as i'm just growing both as a person and as an artist and get to do this 
at some point get to do this full time as my full blown career, that's that's all I want. <laughs> that's success. A really fun podcast with somebody who maybe doesn't quite fit the second act per se, but instead of chasing down something that wasn't her dream, she started in on what's going to fill her cup right away. Bluer is a dynamic, fun person who's, you know, seen the best parts of life and is is going to chase her dream down. She's working with some of the most incredible people Canadian music has to offer. And it's just so much fun to sit back a little bit and watch somebody chase that dream. She's doing, you know, all the, the things that so many people, you know, myself included, sit back for their their adult life and think, I wonder if I just tried that. And she's doing it right now when when the the stakes are maybe a little bit lower or smaller and and it's just a, a, to be a fly on the wall for somebody who doesn't need to have hated their life previously to try something that's just a cool thing really fun pod this week we've had a few really good ones bethany hallam if you if you didn't go back and listen to her story cassie Aurish, um we just had such great ones joe's um you know we just we're so thankful and grateful to talk to these people. It's it's just one of those things that we look back at these the guest list, and it's uh, it's pretty wild to see some of the people that have taken time out of their day to sit down and talk with us. We've got a couple of really fun ones coming up. I, I don't want to drop any names until we get um, get the interview in the bag, but uh, but pretty cool stuff coming down the pike here for the second act pod. So we just want to make sure everyone keeps tuning in. There are no wrong answers. There's no test at the end, so make the most out of every day. The Second Act Podcast would like to thank Ben Sound for the intro and outro music. Happy Rock. That is www.bensound.com. We'd also like to thank Chin Whiskers for the promotional consideration. You can find them at your local Tommy Guns, Original Barbershop, Amazon, or chinwhiskers.ca. And we would also like to thank you for listening. Test the microphone. No mmm noise. You're an asshole.